Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. You stretch out your hands as we pray. Yeah, Father God, we just thank you for, for Dave. We thank you for um, this man of God, this father um, that in the house that he is, a spiritual father to so many. We thank you, God, for his knowledge of your word, for his relationship with you. And we just thank you for the preparation that he's put in this week. Um, we thank you, God, that your word is alive and active and still speaks today. And so as we gather around your word now, would you speak to us, would you challenge us? Would you encourage us? Would you correct and rebuke us? Would you train us in righteousness? Would you shape and mold us into your image? And so, Jesus, we just pray that you would come and have your way. Holy Spirit, flow through Dave. And we just open up our hearts and we want to be receptive. We want to soften our hearts to what it is that you want to say to us. So have your way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Robbie. Good morning, everyone. Um, to all who got really excited when the thought Phil was speaking this morning, <laughs> apologies, I'm here again. Um, listen, I just want to jump straight in because we've got quite a bit we need to just journey through um, where I feel the Lord's just laid in my heart. But for any of you who were here last week, we just really tried to press into, we tried to unpack something about the nature of God, uh, who God is. And I was saying that last week, you can't really do that in a 20-minute preach um, never, never mind a series. And last week, we just very simply and very briefly just explored the heart and the reality that we worship a God who is Trinity. We worship him as Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the three persons of the Godhead, all equally God, all one together in their very nature, essence, and will together. And yet what we spent most of our time looking at last week was the reality that from Scripture, we can see this, that each part of the Godhead, God and himself desires to make himself manifest to us. This is the word manifest, simply meant this, to make evident or certain by showing or displaying. God wants to make himself evident to his people. God wants to make himself certain to his people. He wants to display himself to his people and turn up to his people. And we saw that as the father, even as he walked and talked with his creation, he turned up. We saw it like around the, the tabernacle. We're going to reference that again today. Jesus the Son comes and embodies, He takes on flesh, He dwells and He lives amongst us and He makes Himself known to us and by His Spirit, even in these days, this is what the, the prophecy of Joel spoke about, that afterward I will pour out my Spirit on all people. And, and this, in these days, is how God manifests Himself. So when we use that very uh, Pentecostal language of manifest presence. This is what we're simply talking about, the presence of God with us, who's desiring to make himself known and evident to us. And how he's doing it in these days is through his Spirit. And we looked at that last week. Go back and listen to it. But the truth, he is with us. He makes himself known to us. He's a God who delights and wants to make himself known to you. And in these days, in this moment is where we brought to, and again, to where I've reminded us this morning, the Spirit is our source. When we talk about camping at the source, we're going to unpack a good bit of that today. But when the reality of what it is to camp at the source, the Spirit is our source. And today, we just briefly, just to mention a few, but He is the source of wisdom. He is the source of all godly truth. He's the source of all knowledge to us. 
And we're going to see, even in the new year as we press into this, we're going to be exploring the gifts of the Spirit, how the Spirit actually wants to resource us and to empower us as the people of God to live out the mandate and the call of God upon our lives. He desires to be the source of even God moving and making himself known through us. He is fully with us. And yet Paul tells us in his letter to the church in Galatia, and this is where we start this morning. I'm going to come to a full passage in about 10, 15 minutes. We're going to unpack it, but just a few verses, just a reference, and just to pave the way, the Spirit being our source with us. Paul actually says this to the church and the believers in Galatia, that if we're simply just prioritizing and focusing on ourselves, if we're living to ourselves and living to the things of the flesh, this is what we could expect to experience. He says, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, as the kingdom of God desires to make itself manifest to us fully for us to know Him and to engage with Him. We don't get to inherit or to experience the things of God fully when we just live to ourselves. And yet what Paul goes on to say to the believers that in terms of the Holy Spirit, who is the source of God's presence with us, when we give ourselves to Him and when we invite a fresh impartation and encounter with the Spirit daily, here's the sort of things that we can expect to outlive in our lives in a growing and in an ongoing sort of way. And he says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And today, I guess that's that's really where I'm going to press into today, what it is for us to be able to, as a people, stay in step with the Spirit. Imagine as we welcome and give permission for the Spirit to move in our lives daily, that this, these sort of things is what can flow as a result. Man, there are many of us who would love to experience more peace in our lives, wouldn't we? We would love to experience more joy or a sense of love in our lives. And we give ourselves to other things to almost try to live into those. We do courses or we we try to live intentionally in different ways. And yet the fruit of the Spirit, how He wants to turn up and manifest Himself in our lives, is that we can be expectant of love, joy, peace, and patience. All of these different virtues that are listed on the screen, this is what God gives, gives to us. And this is why, as a people, and you often hear people say this, this is a language that's often used, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good living person. I'm a good person. I, I, I try my best. I'm a good living sort of person. And this, what we see is that there's a massive difference, even in our lives as believers. Yes, we want to live good. We want to intentionally live a life that is filled with goodness. But there's a massive difference between good living and spirit living. There's a huge difference between just trying to be good in our own strength and in our own ability. And in terms of that, if you, if you try to line that up with what it is to live fully into the things of the Spirit, live by the Spirit of God, then these are the things that start to produce in our lives. You don't have to try harder to experience love. It's just something that's produced in your life. You don't have to try harder to experience peace. It's just something that's produced in your life in an increasing sense of way as God manifests himself and makes himself known to us. And yet, even as Jesus comes and takes on flesh, 
Remember, and this, this, this is why it's the enormity of it. Jesus, yes, had fully come to, to redeem and restore the original creative mandate that was upon humanity. He had come to save us and to redeem and to restore us the relationship with the Father, but there was more than that. What Jesus had fully come was Jesus had come to take on flesh and to show us and model out as a human how to live a life of surrender to the Father and what our lives can be like as we are empowered by His Spirit. He comes to model out what it is to live fully as a human that is surrendered to the Father and alive and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus models this to us. This is a verse we used in a series a good number of years ago, and we repeated it quite a bit here to our church family. If you're newer, this is the, the great words of Eugene Peterson in his message uh, version of the Bible. And in the book of Romans, he says these words, God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The Son stands first in the line of humanity He restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in Him. Imagine the original and intended shape for human, who we are as a people, who we were created to be, the original and intended shape and purpose for your life. You see it there in Jesus it's more than just simply reading the Bible just to just glimpse back at what Jesus did. It's like looking in a mirror to see this is who I could be. These are the sort of ways that I could outlive in my life. But yet here's, if I'm being honest, here's the shadow that just seems to persist over our lives. And I, and I say this with as much um, honor and dignity as I can, but it's a line that we often would say, well, he's Christ and I'm not. He's Christ and I'm not. And do you know what? You're right. He is Christ. And we are not him. But yet what Jesus came to model was that even as he took on flesh, he came to show us and to demonstrate to us what was fully possible in our lives. Jesus said these words, I only do what the Father tells me to do. It's in John chapter 5. And in John chapter 14, he says this down at the bottom, if you believe in me, even greater things will you do in your life. And Paul says this to the church in Philippi. Again, let me just race through these verses till we get to our passage this morning, the main bulk of where we're going. But he says this to the church in Philippi. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Imagine, think like Jesus thought. Have the same mindset. Who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in human likeness or being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient even unto the point of death. I think I need my eyes checked. I can't read that screen. But Jesus, who takes on flesh and lives amongst us, and, uh, and yet the part that is just really important for this in this verse is this where it's simply saying, I think it's the second and the third line. Let me read my sheet, because I can't read that screen anymore. Um, and, and it's saying this, rather he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant. He didn't consider equality with God anything to cling or to hold on to, but he humbled himself, taking on the very nature of a servant. God, Jesus, as he comes, he comes and he is still fully God. There's nothing about him giving up his divinity. 
He's still one with the Trinity that we looked at last week. As Jesus is here on earth, he's still one with the Father and he's still one with the Son, or one with the Holy Spirit. They're one together still and fully in their divinity. But yet Jesus comes and he decides in this, in this moment that he isn't going to take advantage, this is what Paul says, to the church in Philippi. He doesn't take advantage of his divinity, but he takes on flesh. Jesus could have at any point used his deity and his God qualities at any time to have done anything he wanted, but he chose in this moment to be like us and to live like us. And the reason why he did it, the reason why he took on flesh is because he wanted to manifest himself to us. And he wanted to manifest and make known to us what was possible in our lives as created human beings, those who were created by God and the original purposes that were upon us. And we see this um, really, really clearly in, in, the, in, in the book of Luke. We're going to see just an understanding just through some of the passages. But this is what we know. Jesus the man was dependent on the anointing of the Holy Spirit for his ministry. As he turns up, he was fully God, but he didn't take advantage of being God. And he had to be dependent on the Holy Spirit to do all that he did. Grasp that. Jesus was fully God. But he didn't take advantage of being God. He appeared fully as man and had to depend on the Holy Spirit for all that he did. And so what we actually see, and we see this in like in the book of Acts, for example, we're going to see just how Jesus was dependent on the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, this is what we read in, in Acts or in Luke chapter 3. Jesus is baptized, and at his baptism, you know that story how the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. He's baptized, he's anointed with the Spirit. We then see this as well, that he returns off the back of that from the Jordan River and he's filled with the Spirit of God. And then we read this still in the same verse in Luke chapter 4, that he is led by the Spirit. So Jesus, as he is modeling out what it is to be fully human, he's anointed by the Spirit. He is led by, he's filled by the Spirit and he's led by the Spirit. He depended on the Spirit of God. How much more do we need to be people that are anointed by the Spirit? filled by the Spirit, led by the Spirit. And then the crescendo of this moment comes in that same chapter where Jesus goes to the temple and he stands up and he says these words, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Church, do you realize that this is the mandate upon us? To be the bearers of good news, to outlive the works and the ways of Jesus to the world. And how we do that is that we are those that are anointed by the Spirit of God, that we are filled by the Spirit of God, that we are led by the Spirit of God. There is no difference in our dependency in the Holy Spirit as Jesus modeled for us. We have to be longing and dependent on a fresh move of the Spirit day and daily in our lives and given in that way. Jesus, isn't it amazing how Jesus humbled himself in that way to model it for us? What we're going to see is that today he still leads us to be those people between Christmas and Easter. Jesus didn't choose to use his authority and divinity. He only did what the Father told him to do under the power of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus uses deity to carry out, imagine this. If Jesus uses deity, his God quality, to carry out any part of his ministry, we couldn't have imitated it in any way. Jesus calls us to imitate him, to follow him, to act like him. If Jesus used his divinity to do any part of his ministry, there's nothing about it we could imitate. 
And yet Jesus turns up and in his humanity and as he takes on flesh, he depends on the Holy Spirit. As he listens to God. And in the same way, this was what we're called to do. Our friend John Tyson, or John Thompson, sorry, from Canada. We've been speaking with him quite a bit over the last wee while. He said this line at a conference we were at in CFC down in Belfast. And he simply said this, Jesus used spiritual disciplines to listen to what the Father wanted him to do. And Jesus used spiritual gifts to do what the Father wanted him to do. Jesus used spiritual disciplines to listen to what the Father wanted him to do. How often do you do that? How often do we take time to actually ask, Father, what do you want me to do? And then he used spiritual gifts to do what the Father wanted to do. This is actually going to be our flow between now and Easter. We're going to be going on off the back of it. So today I'm just trying to set us up for the next number of weeks. We're going to go in and explore some of the disciplines that are available to us. And as we do that, this is the intentionality and the reason and focus for it is so that we can be a people that can listen to what the Father is calling us to do in our lives. And off the back of Christmas, we're going to spend time exploring the gifts of the Holy Spirit and looking about what are some of the things that are available to us to actually enable us to do the things the Father wants us to do in our lives. This is why we want to just go through the flow of this. But in these last 15 minutes, I, uh, I want to just focus our attention on the reality of this. That So this is all that's available. Jesus is modeling and demonstrating this to us. His presence is with us. Everything that he has demonstrated in his life and ministry is available to us. And yet, for this final part, I want to, in our little graphic that we have here, presence, down at the bottom right, what we see, the little strap line, I just want to unpack it for the last part. What does it mean for us to be a people that actually camp at the source of God? Do not be a people that just like live from one experience like in a Sunday morning worship to the next time we're in Sunday morning worship. But what does it actually mean to be a people that camp at the source? The truth that we said last week, God wants to make himself manifest. He wants you to know him fully. He doesn't want to stand distant or aloof or really hard for you to experience. He wants to make himself manifest. And so there's a, there's a focus and a purpose for us that we have to build into our lives. And today we're going to ask this question, how do we camp at the source? How do we hang out in God's presence in such a way that allows us to experience everything that Jesus is demonstrating? And for that, we're going to just go to Numbers chapter 2. If you have a Bible with you, and turn to that with me. We're going, to, we're going to spend time in the whole chapter this morning. It's going to be on the screens as well as we go through. And so Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence with us. And I just pray now as we open the word this morning, would you make it alive to us as we read it afresh in your holy name. Amen. The context of this, let me just set a context before we read. The children of Israel have moved out of slavery, obviously. They, they were in Egypt previously. They've been moved out of slavery. And uh, they're experiencing God's presence through his tabernacle that we looked at last week. And they've stayed, they've been at the base of Mount Sinai. So Mount Sinai where God gave Moses the covenant. They've, they've been at a camp here for about a year, um, just uh, camping um, out, out at the bottom of the base of Mount Sinai. And God is about to move them and journey them into the promised land. He's told them about a land that's flowing with milk and honey, and they're about to move into it. And as they do... As they're about to travel, God has to take his people and to show them, and this is really important for us to listen to, God is trying to show them how order and structure is important for your journey. 
Right? What you're going to see here in Numbers chapter 2 is this order and structure is important for your journey. The things that God has for you don't just happen by chance. Order and structure, we're about to see, and he's about to model out, and he's about to demonstrate to the children of Israel, but it's not just for the children of Israel, it's for how we engage with his presence, even still today. Order and structure are important for the journey. They take a census, they record the numbers of people, which is why the book gets its name, Numbers. Numbers 1, they list the fighting men, and here in Numbers chapter 2, we pick up briefly they're, they're being taught, and God is trying to teach them how to order and how to structure themselves as they engage with the presence of God. This is why I want to press into this. As they engage and presence themselves and structure themselves around the tabernacle of God. And it says this in Numbers chapter 2. So verse 1. Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses and Aaron. When the, when the Israelites set up camp, each tribe will be assigned its own area. The tribal divisions will camp beneath their family banners on all four sides of the tabernacle, but at some distance from it. The divisions of Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun are to camp towards the sunrise of the east side of the tabernacle beneath their family banners. These are the names of their tribes, their leaders, and the numbers of their registered troops. Listen, not to take time in this, but there you see the tribes of Judah, Issachar, Zebulun. There's the names of the tribe leaders. These are the numbers of the fighting men of each of the tribes. Judah was the largest tribe that was here, 74,600 people, and it goes on to say this. So the total of all the troops on Judah's side of the camp is 186,400. These three tribes or to lead the way whenever the Israelites traveled to a new campsite. So as the people journeyed through the desert, as the people were journeying, going their journey, this tribe, this biggest, biggest tribal uh, group, they led the way. They were the ones that always marched at the front. Do you know what's crucial as we grasp this? God wasn't teaching them actually about what it was just to put up their tents and just to rest. They actually marched in the same, same order. In the same order that they were to camp around the presence, they marched in the same way. And the order was really crucial. Sorry, that's just a by the by. And the divisions of Reuben, Simeon, and Gad uh, are to camp on the south side of the tabernacle beneath their family banners. Um, they, these are the names of the tribes, their leaders, and the numbers of the registered troops. So again, there you see the tribes of Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. There's their leaders, and there's all the numbers. So the total of all the tribes, or troops of Reuben's side of the camp, is 151,450. These three tribes will be second in line whenever the Israelites travel. When the ta then the tabernacle, carried by the Levites, will set out from the middle of the camp. All the tribes are to travel in the same order that they camp, each in position under the appropriate family banner. The divisions of Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin are to camp on the west side of the tabernacle, beneath their family banners. They are, these are the names of their tribes, their leaders, and the numbers of their, of their registered troops. And you see it there. So again, there's the tribes, Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin, the leaders, and their numbers. And it goes on to say this. So the total of all the troops of Ephraim's side of the camp is 108,100. These three tribes will be third in line whenever the Israelites travel. The divisions of Dan, Asher, and Naphtali are to camp on the north side of the tabernacle beneath their family banners. These are the names of the tribes, their leaders, and the numbers of the registered troops. Again, there's the same one. The thing was crucial about this, so 
the tribe of Judah were the, 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 the group of, of them. They were the largest ones went out in front. This one actually which was at the back. So the smaller tribes were all in the middle. This one was the second largest and was at the back. So even in the structure of it and the protection of it, the, largest, the two largest were at the extremes. And as they journeyed, God was giving them even in their protection as they went through it in this way. So the total of the troops of Dan's side came of the camp is 157,600. These three tribes will be the last marching under the banners whenever the Israelites travel. In summary, the troops of Israel listed by their families totals 603,550. But as the Lord had commanded, the Levites were not included in this registration. So the people of Israel did everything as the Lord had commanded Moses. Each clan and family set up camp and marched under their banners exactly as the Lord has instructed them. Just three brief points, really brief, as we just finish this. The reason why we're saying this again, remember our, our heart and the reason why I'm unpacking this is because it's important for us to understand daily in your life what it is to camp at the presence of God what it is to be a people that stay rooted in the presence of God. It's interesting that as the children of Israel carried out their journey through the desert, no other time does God give us specific instructions as this in terms of what it is to camp around the presence of God. Even when they're going to go and take on cities that they come to rule, God doesn't give them as detailed as instructions as he does here. So this is why it's important for us to sit up and to listen. When God's giving these intentional instructions, it's not just about what happened in the past. There's something for us to learn and to glean from this. Visually, what the Lord is setting out can be seen in this next picture. So this is the way they would have camped around. So the tabernacle would have been in the middle. The Levites just immediately around it. And then there you would see the tribes. This is probably a better picture to see it and help an understanding of it. The tribes would have been around the tabernacle. And I'm going to go through and just bring out just a few points from this. But one of, the, one of the first things that the Lord is trying to show, and he was showing them as the people and teaching us this morning, is that as we engage with the presence, and for us to engage with the presence in an ongoing way, again, not just dipping into it the odd time and just infrequently just showing up, but to be a people who just constantly, daily engage with the presence. Because remember, he always wants to make himself manifest to us. So how do we engage with this manifest God? We see this from the, the story of the children of Israel. They firstly had to learn to be a people who watched. The order in which the camp was laid out had all the tribes at a distance with the tabernacle in the middle. Oh, but what you'll see just again, even in this first picture, so just visually with us, imagine this, that as they got up out of their tents and as they appeared and as they opened the doors of their tents and as they gazed towards, they were they were positioned, their tents were positioned towards the tabernacle. Then daily they would have seen the presence of God that was symbolized by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at nighttime. They would have seen God there. The people watched. They would have seen this with them. The Lord signified this as well. And he was saying to his people that it's important that you watch. If you want to stay in step with my presence, you've got to learn to be a people that actually watch me as I move. And do the things that I do. And we see this in Numbers chapter 10. So in the second year after Israel's departure from Egypt, on the 20th day of the second month, the cloud lifted from the tabernacle of the covenant. So the Israelites set out from the wilderness of Sinai and traveled on from that place until the cloud stopped in the wilderness of Paran. So when the cloud lifted, suddenly the people knew, right, we're moving. 
were going here and they packed up their tents and they packed up the tabernacles and they all moved in the same order and the same structure and in the same way. God was teaching his people that it's one thing to experience his presence, but it's a completely different thing to daily stay in step with him. But God doesn't want for you just to have infrequent experiences. Day and daily, he wants you to experience him. He desires to make himself manifest to you again. As it moved, they knew that they had to pack up their tents, their belongings, and follow. The Levites packed the tabernacle and moved. From these early moments of Scripture, God was teaching his people what it was to follow him and stay and step with the presence. And yet Jesus comes so in the same way as they had to learn to follow. Jesus comes to his disciples. He just simply says these words that he again speaks to us today. Follow me. This is what he said. So the Father was turning up and was manifesting. Yahweh was manifesting himself to his people and was teaching them what it was to follow him. Jesus turns up in the flesh and utters the exact same words, the same heart of God. Follow me. Follow me in all that I am doing, listening to the things that I'm doing. And yet how often, how often our intentions can be to make our plans and our decisions and then just try to invite God in and hopefully that he can bless him. God is the same We know this, don't we? God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the word he says to us, crucially, as his children, is still the same. Follow me. Learn to be a people that follow me. How we intentionally look and watch him is of utmost importance. That's why we're going to take a few weeks to look at some of the disciplines in the coming weeks, about how we intentionally make space and structure our lives and position our lives so that we can look at him and listen to him because we need to be a people to follow him. But just practically, before I finish my last two points, which are really, really short, just practically, I I wonder this this morning. For some of you in the room, and perhaps there's big decisions that you have in your life, Big decisions for you, big decisions for your family, perhaps big decisions about your work, big decisions about some next key parts of your life, maybe for some of your extended family as well. You know, we need to return to this important lesson of daily centering ourselves in his presence. And here's what the children of Israel learned, and this is what I feel this morning the Lord just wants to remind you. Wherever you're at at the moment, don't move from this place until you know that he's moving. We need to be a people that learn to follow him. The invitation still is the same, follow me. And so whatever big decisions you have in your life today, I need you to hear the word of the Lord to you. Don't make the decision alone. The word that he still said to you is, follow me. Follow my presence. Look at me. When you know that I'm moving ahead of you and I'm leading you to this place, then move. But until that moment, be still and don't move. Until you know that God is going ahead, be still and be patient and wait in this moment until you know that God is leading. We need to be a people that stay in step with his presence. Secondly, his people were being taught what it was to camp below a banner. You'll have seen this line that came up time and time again. They camp beneath their family banners. They camp beneath the family banners on all sides. Just one thing briefly to say on this and and yet I realized I could get lost in this because it's one of my favorite things to talk about. You see, for me growing up, I, I was sharing last week even about growing up, you know, in the, in the church that mom and dad brought me to. Sometimes on a Sunday, right, maybe some of you are in the room right now and you're a wee bit bored listening to me. For me, for me growing up, sometimes if I, if I got a little bit bored or distracted, and I, we didn't have phones, right, to flick through back then, but we did have these painted windows, <laughs> 
right? Uh, and the church, and along the side of each of them, there was, do you remember this? There was the names of God. And I remember just constantly, just week after week, well, not obviously, not every week I was distracted, but um, <laughs> sometimes, right? Sometimes, but just, just gazing and looking. And one of the names that just, so I, I learned from a young age, just with my boredom at times, the, these, these names of God. And one of the names that's there is Jehovah Nissi. And it simply means this, the Lord is my banner. Last week, as I finished with us, we were in the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 14, and where we often say, God, would you show me your face? God, we're looking for you. Actually, the heart of God, remember the verse we looked at was simply this, where God says to us, would you show me your face? Let me hear your voice. And in verse, in chapter 2, at the beginning of that chapter, in verse 4, in the same chapter, this is what it actually says in the Song of Solomon, his banner over me is love. And so while the children of Israel were positioned daily, they were sitting below their banner. You know, one of the things that was important about the banner was that it spoke of identity about their families. It spoke about identity, about who they were. And his banner over us, still the same today, which is love, speaks of the identity. Jesus said these words, by this all people will know that you're my disciples, that you love. His banner over us is love, this word agape, love. And as we as a people learn what it is to be patient, stay in step with God, centered and rooted in His love. And then finally, and this is what He is teaching us even through this passage, finally we see this. Our worship draws us closer to the presence. Again, back to this picture. The children of Israel were in their, in their tribes, but they were at a distance. Right at the center, you see Moses and Aaron at the right, but the other ones around it were the Levites. They were the priests, they were the worshipers, and they were the ones that were allowed closer into the presence of God. And yet, for us, this is now our identity that God speaks over us. We see this in the book of Peter, and he says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We are a holy people, a royal priesthood. We are now those that are called to just bring our praises unto the Lord. And in this, and as we see it, this is now our identity that is upon us. With us today, I just, it's my teach pretty much done. I just want to leave space actually for the Spirit to minister to us in this. The guys are going to come. Do you just want to come actually, Chrissa? Let's just worship a little while just as we close. But today, as we finish this, and just to set us up again for where we're going with the disciplines, the heart of the Father for us in this room is to not just learn about His presence in terms of um, an understanding in our minds, but to be a people that can experience it. And not just once, and not just twice, but the Father who wants to daily, frequently manifest Himself to us, He desires that. He desires to make Himself known. How we order and structure our lives is crucial. To be a people that wait and stay in step with His presence. Don't make decisions alone. Don't try to rush ahead and make the best out of it yourself. Wait until you know that the Lord is saying, this is the way I walk in it. Wait until you know Him going and leading ahead of you. And listen, for some of the young people that are in the room this morning, you need to know this. These, these are crucial moments for you to learn this. 
Don't be waiting until you're my age or older for to be thinking these big decisions. For you at a young age, know that the Lord wants to lead you with your friends, with, even with your family members. Many of you in the room this morning can almost have the same anointing that was upon Timothy. Set all believers an example with your life. Don't let anyone look down at you because of your youthfulness, but actually set all believers an example. And the way that we do that is we watch. We watch him. We stay in step with him. We, we center ourselves daily in his love and this love relationship that he has for us. And we learn above all else to be a people of worship. We learn to be a people who just worship him. We worship him as Father and Son and Holy Spirit. And with this, this is how we stand step with his presence. Stand with me, we second, will you, just as we close. The prayer ministry team are here today. I mean, if they want to come up, some of them to the front. Some are going to be at the back. And I realized that this morning it almost feels like two separate preaches, but I felt it was important just to weave them together. How he desires for you to engage with him. And how the Spirit desires for you to know Him and for you to be filled by Him, anointed by Him, led by Him. This is available to you. It's all available to us. It's available to me and I need to keep reminding myself this is available, that I can be anointed, filled and led daily and freshly in my life. And so how I order and structure my life is important. I want to be a person that just learns what it is to just center myself in His love. I want to be someone who just learns what it is to draw close to the heart of God. And I want to be someone that just worships Him. And so for you, even as we sing this song, just if there's anything, again, this can be for anything. If you want prayer for anything this morning, it might be for healing, for ministry, whatever it is, the guys are available. For you this morning, if it's just a moment of, just a fresh surrender moment of God, I long for that level of intimacy with you. It's available, and this morning could be a moment just of actually a fresh dedication moment to the Lord. And so come to the guys. But we're going to just sing this song, and then Robbie can come and close us. The song we're just going to finish with is just that old song, Coming Back to the Heart of Worship. What draws us to the heart and the very essence and center of who he is is our worship. And so this is our worship to you, God. We're coming back to the heart of it, and it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, God. And God, I just pray that this week you would just lead us into levels of freedom and victory. God, I pray, Lord, that as we stay in step with your presence, you will learn, God, you would teach us to learn, God, what it is to experience it in increasing ways. I thank you that we're being changed and transformed from one degree of glory to the other. And God, you're constantly looking to take us and journey us further and further and further and further into the heart of who you are. We love you. And God, this is our worship back to you in this moment. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Again, as we worship, prayer ministry is available front and back. So come and have, allow someone to pray for you this morning. Please. 
just to bring something that's worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper through the way things appear you're looking into my heart and i'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you it's all about you jesus i'm sorry love for the thing that made you when it's all about you it's all about you, Jesus. Given is worth, no one could express how much you So we thank you, Jesus, for the life that you modeled out for us. I thank you, Jesus, that you, by spiritual disciplines, <clears throat> listened to what the Father wanted you to do and operated in spiritual gifts to do what the Father told you to do. And I just pray right now in this moment, we don't need to wait until we get into talking about spiritual gifts in the future, but right now that you would fill us Holy Spirit and that you would send us out in the week to come, that we would see you move in power, that we would see breakthrough this week, that we would see signs and wonders and miracles by the power of the Spirit in each of us. 
we remind ourselves, Jesus, that you said it was better for you to go so that you could come and be in each of us by your Spirit. And so we just pray right now, Holy Spirit, fill us up, send us out into the week to come and help us to be a people that camp in your presence, that overflow with your presence each and every day of our lives. So we love you, Jesus. And we just pray the seal of the Spirit over everything that has gone on this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys, don't rush off. The prayer ministry team are still um, available at the front if you want prayer for anything, even if it didn't, um, doesn't relate to what we were talking about today. I'd love to pray for you. There's tea and coffee and biscuits out in the foyer. Um, please go and collect your kids. Relieve the kids, volunteers. Um, and yeah, have a great week. The Lord bless you.
is more than songs that we sing It's a reflection of our ever-changing lives The best we have to offer We don't just lift up our hands Lord, we lift up our lives For we know that you are 